Greetings, football fans, and welcome to Season 2 of the CBFA Podcast. I'm your host, James Parks. Each week, I'll be joined by one or more of the field announcers to discuss all the action from Shouldice Park. It's the Calgary Bantam Football Association Podcast, and it starts now! All right. So, Cole... Cole's here again, Cole Fortner, uh, the usual afternoon regular announcer down in Shouldice, Heller Field. Um, yeah, uh, I actually got to see different games that week because I was over on Field 8 announcing those ones. So we can, uh, yeah, you can tell me all about uh, your games and and then we'll just have to infer some things about uh, the ones we didn't see. Well, here's the thing, though, is you know, we had a busy week. Um, and actually, I did actually witness all but the ones that were at Field 8. Uh, I know Grant was doing uh, the morning two games, but I was actually still at Shoulders at that time. Uh, and Saturday morning was probably the best morning all season. Well, I say I say morning. We Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's two games in the morning, but yeah, the the first three games we had at Hellard Field were the best games we've had all season, hands down. Um, first game of the day started with Chiefs and Eagles. It was a 16-8 final. Um, it was back and forth, wild, wild game. There was one point in time right near the, I think it was sometime in the fourth quarter. We're talking about it. Because we're all we're all on the near sideline in front of the the bleachers, and down on the south end of the end zone, um, the Eagles are going for like looking like they're going to score on the drive. They do a I don't remember fully what the play was, but the ball carrier is on the near sideline down to about the two yard five ish yard line where he gets like held up by one of the defenders. Tristel chugging forward, so the play is still alive. In comes another Chiefs defender, strips the ball from the ball carrier's arms, doesn't hit the ground or anything, and then the defender takes it all the way back for touchdown. Awesome. Absolutely guns it up the near sideline, and it was wild to see. Um, so that kicked off our morning. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's that's some fireworks to, to start the day. Yeah, uh, one score game in that one, so it was a very, a very good battle to see. Chiefs were hungry. And into that game, zero and three, and they were they were hungry for a win, and it showed. Second game of the day, we had Wildcats and Colts again. It was another very back and forth game from both those teams. It was a four point finish. Um, I think it came down to missed converts again. If I remember correctly, um, again, I don't remember all the all the full details of the game, but it was it was fairly fairly back and forth, evenly matched game between those two teams. Wildcats edged the Colts sixteen to twelve in that one. Uh, then we had the third game at Hellard Field, which was also a rather interesting one. Um, I have notes on that somewhere. Not that one. I have way too many notes here. Where are my notes for that game? Bulldogs, Stampeders. I have Mavericks, Rebels, Stampeders. Oh, the Bulldogs, Stampeders. I'm looking right at it. 
Okay. <clears throat> In that one, Bulldogs were doing a fairly good job running up the middle on the Stampeders O-line. Or, sorry, no, other way around. Bulldogs defense is doing a good job at running through the Stampeders O-line early in the game. Um, Bulldogs were also moving the ball fairly well on, on offense on the ground. Um, but it was also a fairly weird one in the fact that we had no touchdowns and no field goals. And no rouges. And no rouges. That game finished 6-2, which meant there was four safeties. <laughs> oh, wow. It was 2-2 two, two at halftime. The Bulldogs did try for a field goal, but it was blocked. Man. Um, there was a few interceptions. Uh, which team would that be for? Uh, Jay Stewart, who ended up getting the player of the game for the Stampeders, had a pair of interceptions. I know the Bulldogs had an interception their way as well. Um, but really and truly, what that game boiled down to was the Bulldogs were moving the ball extremely well on offense. The Stampeders' defense came up clutch when they needed to. They had a pair of massive goal line stands, which resulted in them turning the ball over. Right. And their issue was their offense kind of struggled to get very far, which then resulted in them taking a knee in the end zone for field position. Right. And then Bulldogs would move the ball down the field, get stood up, and then there was a vicious cycle. Oh, man. And, you know, if they had been able to break through and score one touchdown, that would have made it worthwhile. If I mean, it was a made, very good converted game the kick. <laughs> yeah, it was that's, a, that's it was a wild. wild game regardless. But yeah, it was 6-2 final, four safeties. And they weren't even like tackled safeties either. They were all field position, taking a knee on a punt safety. Wow. So it wasn't, neither team actually scored, if you will. <laughs> they 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 each gave up some points, but yeah, that was they're it. all they're all giving up points. Wow. Um, then my fourth game at Hillard on site. Well, my I guess my second game at Hillard, but the fourth game at Hillard, a little bit less exciting uh, compared to how the day started off. But it was still a fairly decent game. It was the Rebel, no Mavericks and Mavericks and Rebels. This one. Um. Rebels had the unfortunateness of having to play two games. One of the teams had to play two games this week. We'll get more on their second one later. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, in this one, it was it was kind of just a slow game. Uh, it was a it was a slow burn and inevitable one. I think uh, Mavericks ended up taking that one thirty nine to nothing. Um. Their first one of the season, they did move the ball fairly well, it seemed. And I'm not really sure if that's because they're finally clicking or if that's just the unfortunate nature of the other situation. Yeah. Well, uh, if it was anything like what I saw Monday, um, the Rebels were having some struggles with tackling, making tackles, yeah. uh, a lot of arm tackles. A lot of uh, jersey tackles, uh, and not yeah. enough, you know, sticking and wrapping. Yeah, 
it wasn't it wasn't overly ideal. Yeah. Uh, what about your games over on field eight? Well, um, the Raiders and the Lions. Uh, the Lions came in zero and two, and the Raiders are three and zero. The Raiders have been looking very strong, and uh, they continue that trend. They they looked very good. Uh, they were they were pretty dominant uh, in possession and you know yards gained, offense, that sort of thing. They were able to keep the Lions to uh, uh, no score. So it was, it was the final was twenty two to zero, and um, yeah, the the Raiders probably couldn't have stretched the lead much more than that. I think uh, the Lions did play them as close as they could, and actually did play a fairly decent game. Uh, but uh, they've had a tough schedule; they weren't rewarded for their efforts. So uh, the next one, uh, that was the, the final game of the day, Hilltoppers at Cowboys. Uh, the Hilltoppers, one of our unbeaten teams going into that game, they looked, um, uh, how to put it delicately, they, they looked outmatched by the Cowboys. The Cowboys were faster, more precise in their roots. They were, they were able to run. They were able to pass. Uh, they they got first downs at will uh, against a pretty good defense. The final score of that one was fifty four to sixteen, and I believe uh, the sixteen were second half points against the backups on defense for the Cowboys the second stringers. So it was, it was a pretty dominant performance once again by the Cowboys. They've really turned things around since their week one loss to the Raiders. Right. And it makes you wonder, are they, are the Raiders that good? Well, or, I, mean, I mean, or were the Cowboys just having a really off week? Hey, a slow start. I mean, I it know. could be, you I, know, not I wasn't there. A tough I didn't week, see it the could game. Be the, not necessarily a tough week, but it could just go down to just like luck of the draw on the schedule. Like the Raiders were just ready for week one and Cowboys weren't type thing. That that, that could very well be it. But I mean, you never know. You could have a potential uh, for a Div 1 final brewing already. That looks like a road. I wouldn't mind watching these teams go down. Then we had some Monday action. We did have some Monday action. Busy, Our, busy week. Uh, it was a very busy week. Started um, off with the Hilltoppers and the Rebels. Yes, Hilltoppers and Rebels. That was the game that was originally canceled in week one. One of the games that was fully canceled on week one uh, due to some very poor weather we had that would not seem to give up. Um, Again, a bit of a lopsided affair between Hilltoppers and Rebels. Um, Hilltoppers stuck to the ground for the most part in the game, um, especially early on. They did kind of go to the air a bit after things were getting a bit lopsided, but uh, for the most part, it was you know, they'd rush up one side, the guy would or the kid would go for 40, 50 yards for a touchdown, they would go up the other side. It was the same thing, and it's and again boiled down to 
lot of poor fundamental defensive errors yeah being made repeatedly by the rebels but unlike saturday they do have some positives to take out of the game despite it being a rather lopsided one they did score twice and they're fairly nice players that they scored on absolutely yeah their first points of the season so that was exciting to see on some really long passing plays yeah I don't have the exact yardage. I I did kind of just make a rough estimate because unfortunately the sticks like to move. Yeah, they get excited, don't they? They get they get excited, <laughs> and then I go back to look at where the yards were, even though I just called it like two seconds earlier. And then I go to count, and it's like, oh wait, they've already moved. Um, yeah. So I have a roughly eighty-three yard passing touchdown for their first one. Wow! And then, yeah. Um, they had a roughly about a 55-ish yard one as well. I think it was probably yeah, a bit more than that. I I think it was probably closer to 65 or 70. Well, it was, was like, it, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was definitely off of my yards on that was, one. It was, uh, I, while well, I was standing at about the, what, 30-yard line, and he caught it, um, he caught it in probably around the 45, just over midfield when it came down. Yeah, and he was he was already three steps beyond the defensive back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he caught it off his off his shoelaces. He was they almost dropped it. It went through his hands, and he just kind of was able to squeeze it enough. Uh, it reminded me of um, that play in the snow in Edmonton. Uh, was that uh, Williams? I don't know. Watch TSN. They'll put it on a top 10 in about, uh, you know, three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There was also an interesting one that the, that the Hilltoppers had. They had a 65-yard rushing touchdown. Again, approximate because sticks like to move and it's hard to count. The running back ran all the way down the field, fumbled the ball on the one. The ball then rolled into the end zone, and then somebody else jumped in and scored. <laughs> So I did all the work and then didn't even get the glory. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, I mean, the bright side is they did also score like two touchdowns later. So, yeah. I mean, is it the end of the world? No. I mean, yes, you like to have your touchdowns and stat pad, but uh, Ben Rudolph eventually did get one eventually. <laughs> they also did hit a 26 yard field goal as well, the Hilltoppers. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. It was clean. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nice to see that the kicking game is starting earlier. Yeah. Because in high school football, it's still hardly being used. Really? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I don't know what, like, Div 1, Notre Dame, St. Francis, Wisewood, Manning are doing. But Div 2, for the most part, we, like, hardly use it. Wow. And yes, we. I mean, we do it for converts. Like we try to do it for converts, and a lot of teams are actually that successful half the time. So some teams still do go for two. Yeah. On the ground, like the proper way, not the end of football way. Um, <laughs> um. But yeah, it's the field goal because I've actually seen a few field goal attempts so far this season in in the Bantam League 
and they've been clean and they've been successful. And we haven't really seen that in the games they've done for high school football. We haven't really seen that there. Right. So I don't know. One thing's doing it and the other thing's not. So hopefully it kind of transitions and flows through. You never know. It's also hard to predict where all the kids are going to end up for schools. Some schools might get the kickers, some might, well, some won't. Depending on yeah. districts and things and how things break up. Yeah. Yeah, it must be hard to recruit, a, you know, a leg for high school. <laughs> we mm -hmm. need a good leg. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and then we had our final, I guess, half game. Yeah. That was uh, also a rather interesting one. Right? That was uh, not what I expected for the second half of a game. I, I know they both played two days earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but those defenses dominated those offenses on both sides of the ball. On yeah. It, 100%. Wow. I mean, that being said, though, the game itself, like or I should say the second half, because... We do want to reiterate that this was postponed on in week one at halftime, and it was six nothing for the Eagles at the half. Yeah. Um. In that first half, if I remember properly, it was also a fairly defensively strong game between both those sides. Like neither team was really being that productive moving the ball, and it was a lot of punt back and forth type type scenarios. Um, the one thing I did notice about the second half last night was, well, I say last night, Monday night, because we're recording this Tuesday. Anyway, um, <laughs> the one thing I did notice in the second half was how quick it was. Yeah. I think we finished the half in about half an hour. Yeah, and it was not runtime like the second half of the previous game. Yeah. It was it was a very cleanly played half. There was, were yeah, was, few penalties yeah. and no scoring and no injuries which is always a good thing you you want to see. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, yeah the there, there were there were no, no major stops. Um I I think uh you know they they used their timeouts. Yeah, they uh, it was a little questionable for the timing of a couple of them, but um, there were yes, some that's other, the other thing to note other was... play calls that were that were strange. Yeah, um, and that that game could have gone either way on oh, any any one play, and that was such an evenly played half. I I'm disappointed I missed the first half. But I'm glad I got to see the second half. It was, it was a, a really for a scoreless game. It was an exciting game to watch. Well, scoreless half, but yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. That's that's the other thing to mention too. Is just we were, we were noting that Monday evening afterwards is we didn't quite understand some of the decisions that were being made by, I guess, both coaching staffs on when timeouts are being used and why certain plays are being called at certain points in time. Yeah. Um, 
third and ten, the the Eagles called a timeout. Uh, the clock was running. They could have run about eight more seconds off before having to take a penalty. Yeah. Um, but they they chose to take the timeout when they did. You also and, have like a second and, then, and eight from your fifteen or from your opponent's fifteen. Yeah. And you go and throw a screen pass that goes backwards, and you lose yards, and then you go and do a run play. Yeah, a run play on third down from third and long too. It wasn't even third and short. Yeah, and they it was upwards I mean, of five. They multiple had, times as well. They, they didn't have any success running the ball. Not at the middle point. anyway, where they went no. to run it on third and long. Right. So. Yeah, that was. I don't know if that was a decision. I don't know if that was a decision making of what the Steelers or what the Seahawks tried to do, and let's try to catch them off guard when we have these other options. But like the Seahawks tried, it was not successful at all. Well, and this is loading back to the uh, whole Super Bowl incident where they should have ran it and they threw it and got intercepted. (laughs) Butler is my hero. Anyways. So, yeah, the the stamps could have made them pay for that, um, but then they they weren't able to move the ball, and uh, and made a, a a questionable call on third down as well, which cost them the the turnover and ultimately the game. So, it, it, but you know, it was it was what it was, and. That's that's just uh, whether you like it or not. That's what they called, and that's what they ran. And yeah, um, but yeah, I'm not a coach. Uh, no. I, you know, from my armchair, I I question a lot of things. But uh, you know, am I right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. But one thing I would like to note is, you know, big props to the, the set of parents have to show up to show this two days in out of three. Right. For a game, for an extra game or an extra half a game, and you know, yeah. Monday night was Monday night was not a warm one. No, it was. Our, it was our chilly. first cold one of the night of the of the year. Yeah, it's a or taste I guess of things the season. to come. Yeah, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna get worse. But uh, yeah, so yeah. those parents had to deal with the rain cancellations, getting absolutely hammered on, and then they had to deal with the first chilly portion night thing too. It was. And and worst of all, they had to deal with uh, super fan snacks being closed. Well, that's here. Yeah, I was a little bummed by that. <laughs> I wanted water. <laughs> I could have used a hot chocolate or a coffee. That too, yeah. Tell that, you. Yeah. Saturday they'll be open. Hopefully. Yep. Yeah, they they'll be open Saturday. Should be open. But for next Monday, yeah, um, we've we've got to do this again next week. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to have time to get a slip an interview in this week, uh, and probably not next week either. With the extra games, it's a tighter schedule for all. So, um, we'll just uh, call it there and see you next week. You want to do Saturday? We don't want to do a, a week five preview. Oh, the week five preview. We always do our. <laughs> we always do the upcoming preview. All right. Well, we'll slip that in then, I guess. Okay, week five, <laughs> also an extra long week because uh, we have the extra games on Monday. Uh, starts off with Wildcats, or the 3-0 Wildcats against the 1-3 Chiefs. Um, could be an interesting one. Chiefs coming off their first win. 
Wildcats looking to stay undefeated. I think Chiefs are probably still going to be hungry. I think the Chiefs are going to be pretty excited about their success and maybe a little little confident and might have a little spring in their step and, and have a little belief that in themselves. I think it's going to be a good game. Wildcats should definitely not take that one easy. No, they should not. Uh, next game at Hillard is the 0-4 Rebels against the 0-3 Lions. So one of those teams will get their first one of the year. Possibly. There could be a tie. You never know. Yeah. That would also be rather interesting. Right. Um, when was the last time we had a tie? Uh, or is that too far gone knowledge? Actually, I think we had one in 2019. We had a couple, I think. Uh, third game at Hellard, the three and one Cowboys against the one and two Mavericks. Um, see if the Mavericks can stop the Cowboys' great run of success as of late. Ah, uh, I, I don't have much hope for that happening. I think the Cowboys are going to roll again. First game over at Field Eight, the one three Stampeders against the one and three Colts. Could be an interesting team or game. Both those teams have had their moments this season where they've they've looked good. Right. Flashes of brilliance. But they just haven't been able to really piece it together for the full chunk of a game. Right. Uh, then the three o'clock games, the fourth one over at Hellard, uh, the four and Raiders against the three and one Hilltoppers. That might be the game of the week right there. Well, I would hold your horses on that one because also at three o'clock, you have the field eight, the two and two Eagles against the three and Bulldogs. Oh man. I think it's that would be, be more exciting. It's going to be a great day. Shoulders. And then we have the Monday night, our second makeup week night. Ridge. Uh, at six o'clock on Hillard Field on the 26th, we have the Bulldogs and the Wildcats. Yeah, that's and... going to be a pretty good game, I think. Yeah, those are two strong teams, and they're playing the short week. Yeah. Very, very short week. Right. We'll see. We'll see who's. Uh... Who's got the better conditioning, I guess. And then the second half of the Lions and Mavericks also going at 8 o'clock on the 26th. They will be... I'm going to knock on wood on this one. They're going to be rather glad it's not hailing anymore in that game. (laughs) Because apparently they ended off their half with hail. I swear, Field 8 got hail on that day. Heller didn't. Wow. There's not much separation between the two. Welcome to Calgary. Pretty much. But that, yeah, yeah, that's that, what we so have the for Lions, looking, looking forward to this week. Lions lead that game 8 nothing at the half. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me again, Cole. Appreciate it. And looking forward to seeing you and everyone else down at Shoulders Park this Saturday and Monday for some excellent CBFA football as usual. Thanks for listening. Ciao. The CBFA podcast is brought to you by longtime players of the game sponsor, Wolf Cadillac Calgary. 
check out their selection of new and used vehicles online at www.wolfcadillaccalgary.com or in person at 1720 Barlow Trail Southwest. And game day wouldn't be the same if not for Superfan Snacks. They're located near the plaza area of Shouldice Park. Superfan Snacks proudly supports minor football at every level. Find them on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.